Good morning and welcome to the BSA Capital 5 Minute Morning Minor on Friday, October the 28th. It's the end of what's been a pretty long, dreary week and it's not getting any better on Friday with the tech stocks in America collapsing. Don't forget this weekend, the clocks are going, I always forget whether it's backwards or forwards. Anyway, we're going to GMT away from British summertime. It just means it's going to be dark the whole bloody time, which is a pain in the neck. But there you go. Now, uh, we caused a little bit of a Twitter stir yesterday. Uh, because, Paul, you suggested that possibly there was um, some funding required at Atlantic Lithium. We did, by the way, state that uh, we view it as a buy. We view it as one of the best lithium plays in the world at the moment. Um, but off the back of that, uh, the finance director of Atlantic Lithium, Amanda Harsas, I'm not sure if I pronounced that quite correctly, actually did tweet back saying that uh, there isn't going to be a funding because uh, the Piedmont Partnership, which is on page six of their presentation, uh, we'll make sure they're funded for the next 15 months. Having said that, I did also watch a YouTube video uh, of Neil Herbert, the chairman, uh, talking about how possibly a local partner could put in some funding. So maybe we weren't completely off track. But anyway, look, there's only one way to solve this, and that is, Paul, good morning. As you know, I've actually, good morning. Brought, a guest, I've actually brought a special guest on today, and uh, he, he's on mute at the moment, but I hope he's going to unmute. But I have got Neil Herbert, the chairman of Atlantic Lithium. Neil, good morning. Good morning, Andrew. Nice to be here. <laughs> and it's always good to talk to you. And of course, we've actually known each other for a long time. Uh, and off the back of some of the tweets, just so that people are aware, we've actually obviously been following your company when it was actually Iron Ridge. Uh, and we've been following it almost right from the beginning. And we have, of course, been talking lithium stocks for over 10 years. So we do sort of know our homework. Uh, maybe we made a little error, but you're, well, you're here to correct it, Neil. So why don't you once and for all, Neil, uh, just state what the uh, the policy of Atlantic Lithium is is in terms of a formal sort of a policy and whether we were right or wrong. Should we have our wrist slapped? Should you have your wrist slapped? Well, not entirely. So the situation is obviously we, we got the funding package from uh, our friends at Piedmont and they provide I mean, over over the life of the, if you like, the exploration to development stage, it was a little over $100 million uh, in funding. So of that, 70 million is devoted to CapEx. Now, any overruns beyond these 70 million of CapEx, uh, we share 50-50 between us. Now, obviously, we have about $16 million in the bank today. Um, they are continuing to fund the development stage, I may add, at this point in time. Uh, so there may be some shortfall of funding, if you want to put it that way. But if anybody thinks that we're going to come out with a, a placement as such, they will be disappointed because we have two means of funding. The one that you'll be very aware of, Andrew, is because there's so much demand for lithium at the moment, we could do offtake funding here and avoid any need to do so. The other one is, and we mentioned this earlier in the year, the Sovereign Wealth Fund of Ghana is interested in, in making an investment and you know, we've, we've let them do it on their own timeline, but do expect them to come in at some point uh, in the next uh, few months. And between those two things, frankly, there's, there's no no funding at all. So just to be clear, though, it wouldn't be funding into the project level. They would come in Topco if they were to come in. So no need for us to go out and do you know, a public placement again. I don't expect this company will ever do another public placement. Well, I think that's a great answer. So thank you, Neil. And I think that has probably corrected us slightly. And I apologise if we've sent a little bit of the wrong message out. Having said that, I'm going I'm to let Paul ask a question in a second. Uh, but I've got one more. And that is because actually I had a a major fund manager sitting in my office yesterday. We were just having a cup of coffee going through stocks. Uh, and he was saying to me, Andrew, look, you know, what? I don't understand this lithium market. You keep telling me every day the lithium carbonate price is hitting a new high, which it is. But lithium stocks 
just don't seem to be performing at the moment. And am I, am I missing something? And I said, no, you're not. Actually, it is a complete disconnect at the moment. Um, but Neil, I'm just interested in, you know, you, you know this space exceptionally well. What your view is on, on why this disconnect is there at the moment? Uh, it is interesting to watch. I mean, we we um, obviously earlier in the year, we, we had a, a peak in price about 67 pence and we've been trading in the 30s recently. Um, the price of lithium obviously has continued to rise in that time and the outlook becomes increasingly robust. So we're now at, I think, an eye-watering $7,500 a ton. Um, and we're looking at a project with operating costs of less than $300. So I'm sure some of your viewers are thinking, I've, I've got my zero in the wrong place there, and I haven't. You know, the payback on the project that we have today is, is looking at something like 20 weeks payback, which is nothing at all. Um, and in my 25 years in the mining industry, I've never seen anything like it. But I suppose that, there, that people's just low confidence in the market as a whole has, has affected the lithium stocks as well. Um, I suppose we're not the biggest companies out there, and, and when people are, you know, desperate to get out of stocks, perhaps they're selling down on everything. But it's um, it's a little hard to understand why the valuations are so far off. Perhaps people believe the lithium price won't hold up, but there's a number of good studies out there showing that actually that the lithium price really has got nowhere to go because there's so much demand and so little supply. And while the market is supply constrained, you've had the problem of, well, whatever you bring forward isn't enough. So, I mean, there are some good estimates out there. Um, Benchmark Minerals, obviously a leading commodity analyst, is saying you need 59 new mines in the next 10 years. Um, uh, Ex-FT uh, journalist Henry Sanderson, he's done a book called Vault Rush, which I'm sure some of the people here on this have, uh, have read. Uh, he's estimating you need 70 new, two new mines in a decade. And Anybody who works in this industry um, will understand that it takes a very long time to bring new mines to production. So if you have one that's ready to go, such as a warrior is for Atlantic, then uh, you're in a very good situation. But um, never mind, it doesn't matter at one level. Um, this will win through in the end. I, I make the comparison, and I think a really good one, a comparison to have here is the core lithium project in Australia, because it's a very similar characteristics to our project, and they're going to production now. Um, and so they trade sort of five, six times our valuation. So I do hope that that is the sort of uplift that our shareholders can expect as we go through the hurdles to take it to production over the next 18 months. Look, I happen to agree with you, and I think lithium stocks mainly are basically incredibly cheap at the moment, but it is, it's bizarrely the institutional market really struggles with it. I mean, I was one that's quite relevant now. About 10 years ago, uh, we were trying to float European lithium run by Tony Sage, in Austria and Paul you went out to, to see it and did all the analysis and came back quite excited they've got a, an MOU with BMW and we were trying to float it for only 20 million pounds and we couldn't get any interest it's just now floated into a US back and is worth a billion dollars so that is the sort of upside you yes. can get um, it's extraordinary I suppose, I mean, the one one potential holdback you and I just quite like whilst I've got you here Neil um, before I can I let Paul have a little bit of a go um, one thing that maybe holds it I mean your relationship with Piedmont does that does that hinge or impinge a little bit on any potential of value creation from a sort of a takeover or something like that? Is that something do you think that people feel holds back the share price at all? What's your take on that? I mean, generally people have, have really appreciated the Piedmont deal because I suppose in a nervous market, they can see where the funding's coming from to take the project to production. And after all, you know, it was over a hundred million dollar commitment in total to us. Um, 
So no, I think people have actually, generally speaking, approved of that deal. Obviously, you know, if we were doing it today, we would be doing a um, much higher valuation than we did at the time. But at the time we did it, it was seen as a good deal. And even now, people t tend to believe that it was a, a good deal that we did because it provided stability. Um, so I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure, to be honest. I mean, it, it, it's an interesting one, Andrew, because we obviously in the London market, there aren't so many comparables. And, you know, I would immodestly say we are the premier lithium stock in London. Um, but in on Australia, where we've now dual listed, obviously there are a good 40 companies um, at different stages of development. And it's a, a more mature lithium market. Um, we listed there last month. It will be interesting to see over the next few months if we see a revaluation of the stock because of that. But I'm, I'm not guaranteeing that will happen because you never really know with stock markets, Andrew, do you? Uh, you never know with stock markets. And I, I think, by the way, what you just said there is absolutely correct. Again, this is what I was saying to this major fund manager who was in my office yesterday. We were just chatting through things. And, you know, there are a couple of other actually quite interesting lithium companies like Afri Tin's got lithium in it now and Namibia, quite a good jurisdiction. Uh, you've got Cleantech Lithium, which has been an amazing performer, uh, probably now up with events, but just managed to raise, you know, 12 million pounds. You can show there's interest there. But I think Atlantic Lithium, you know, here I am. And we did say it yesterday is as you say, the, the core buy if you want to get exposure to lithium in the UK market. Uh, on that note, though, Paul, uh, we know you love your assays and things. You know, Atlantic Lithium has been coming out with some of the most amazing assays. What, what, what question do you want for Neil, Paul? Well, I, I have to say, first of all, appreciated that podcast and webinar you guys held right after we uh, uh, posted or, or uh, uh, printed our own uh, podcast uh, here yesterday. So I got a, a better sense of color of just how the mechanism of funding works between yourselves and Piedmont at the current time, uh, Neil, so appreciate that very much. Uh, but you guys also have a number of applications out uh, for new licenses, uh, exploration licenses, uh, a good body there out to the uh, east there in Ghana, for instance, and some uh, applications on licenses in Cote d'Ivoire. And I was wondering whether or not those licenses, if they're granted, would also be funded by Piedmont as well. So um, the agreement we had with with uh, Piedmont is is everything in Ghana and indeed those particular licenses in Cote d'Ivoire are covered under our agreement. Um, they are quite keen that you know we continue to look to expand. So in that circumstance, we would expect them to fund half of the exploration costs on any new areas. Um, I will say though, obviously we, we we have shifted our focus now towards production you obviously saw we've took on a, a highly experienced um lithium mine manager yesterday i'm i'm really pleased about bringing kick muller on uh i think he's 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 a great character to to lead that next stage of the company's development um so that the focus is less on exploration than it was and there is the other side paul which is these are good areas and we do want to work on them but to be frank the warrior area um has continually given us such excellent results that in many ways you know every extra buck that we spend we we're better spending it near the the current what will be the mine area in developing further resource there because that's more likely to add more value more quickly than anywhere else that's not to say that we're going to exclude those areas it's just a question of of, of managing our priorities Yes, you're right. And uh, the press releases you guys have been making over the past many months uh, here as the exploration steps further and further, well, you just demonstrates it's the project that uh, can, uh, a gift that can, keeps on giving is the way I would put, uh, put it here. So uh, more power to it. Yeah, I mean, I, I, and I have said this. I mean, I, 
obviously been working in the mining industry for 25 years, and I've worked on some very good projects. But this is the simplest project I've ever worked on in terms of yeah, the actual processing of the rock is, as you'll understand, Paul, I mean, just gravity circuit. Um, this is a very simple process. The mining conditions are very straightforward. We are in a location and a country which has great infrastructure, so roads, power, etc. We have you know, highly qualified staff in country because the country has a long mining tradition. Um, it's got so much going for it, and so I, I will repeat: it's the simplest project I've had in 25 years. And I, and and you're right. I mean, you, you look at those assays, and you say it, it, it's really very good because it's more of the same. So it's more of these these very good intersections at a you know, consistent grade. Um, it doesn't get much better than that. And when we actually see some financials further on here, as we get into the feasibility of results coming back here, you're I'm, I'm very certain you're going to see these kinds of production margins that the big iron ore guys in West Australia enjoyed in the last decade uh, compared to their mining costs versus the actual selling cost of your concentrates. So uh, I'm just really looking forward to that. Yeah, I mean, I uh, the, the margins are... Uh, we obviously modeled at a relatively conservative numbers um, compared to the current market price, um, I think we averaged uh, in our modeling for the PFS uh, less than uh, $1,360. And obviously, the current price is $7,500. So, I, I mean, when before have I had a project where we were expressing payback in weeks rather than years, Paul? I, yes. I don't remember that. Yes, that's right. It's the same kind of returns that the oil industry had, uh, has uh, earned on the very best onshore wells in the United States over the past several decades. So um, uh, more power to it. Neil, I've got one final question and we may have to wrap it up because this is a five minute morning minor and we've gone 15 minutes. But for you, of course, that's fine. Uh, but I mean, just one question. We, we, when we think lithium, we tend to think, you know, uh, South America, Australia, uh, we're now obviously seeing it. Friends, Emery's this week announced they're going to develop their their mine in France. Everyone's talking about Cornwall. Uh, how is Africa as a continent? And you may say, Andrew, every country in Africa is different, so you can't call it look at it as a continent. But how do you feel it is as a jurisdiction for lithium mining? You kind of answered the question there. Every 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 country is different, um, and and you can't and you can't uh, and you can't make comparisons. I will say, I mean, I, I think the um, the conditions in West Africa at the moment are very good. Obviously, as you more you go inland, there have been some problems in Burkina Faso and Mali and what have you, but the coastal areas I think are very good. So if you're looking through uh, Ghana, Ivory Coast, Liberia, actually I think relatively good jurisdictions to be to be working in and obviously Ghana has a great deal of infrastructure Ivory Coast I think comes behind that and Liberia after that so I do think this there's, there's a great deal of further potential um, I mean one of the things that that is very clear is that we're only scratching the surface when it comes to pegmatite exploration in Africa uh, a number of locations have been identified where you do have pegmatites and you've got spodumene um, but frankly I don't think people have really looked anywhere near hard enough so I do expect to see more projects coming forward and a more interesting you know, more interesting exploration coming forward that's great neil look we we really appreciate you jumping on at short notice amanda i hope that's uh, put us uh, back on the on the good step rather than the naughty step 
Uh, Neil, uh, if anybody else got other questions, I mean, do give us a shout. Neil, I appreciate what you had to say. I hope you have a great weekend. If you're in Portugal, I think it's pretty warm at the moment this weekend. Um, so you should have a nice one if that's where you are. But I don't know. You're traveling around all over the world. You're very a man in demand at the moment, aren't you? I am indeed. I'm actually in Rome today, so I apologize for the background noise as I'm, uh, as I'm trying to find a quiet corner to talk. But uh, yes, thank you very much. And it's lovely weather here in Rome. Yeah, very good. Have a great weekend, Neil. I appreciate it. And I'm sure we'll be speaking again soon anyway. Thank you, Andrew.